You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Wonderful. Um, Mr. Rob Tricky is going to come and talk to us about worship. Shall I just quickly pray for you, Rob, while you come in? I feel like you might want to lift that up. It's quite little, even for you. <laughs> cool, I'll quickly pray for Rob. Yeah, God, thank you for this series when we've been thinking about all, sort of all the things that we need to talk about and think about and worship being, being part of that. So we just thank you for Rob and everything that he's prepared, all the time he's put into this morning. And we know there's going to be some, some treasure in there and some stuff that's going to really help us to think and reflect. So we just pray for him now. We just pray that everything he hopes this morning would be in terms of what he hopes to say and how he hopes to say it, that your presence with him would just help him to do that. And again, we just echo that prayer from earlier about just help us to have open hearts and to really hear and listen, take in and apply and be changed by what we hear this morning. Amen. Nice to see you this morning. Good to, to welcome you. And as, as uh, Joe's already said, if you're here for the first time, special welcome to you this morning. Uh, so yeah, my name's Rob. I'm part of the leadership team here at Oasis. And uh, we're doing this little series, uh, which we call We Need to Talk About. We've done this sort of Maybe this is the third year, I think, that we've done this, kind of around this time of the year, just trying to pick up on some topics, some uh, areas of life that are just good to talk about. Some of those things that maybe we don't often talk about in church, either because they're kind of hot potatoes or just because it's never really come up. Um, but it's stuff that is important to us as we live our lives. And so uh, today we're thinking about corporate worship. We need to talk about corporate worship. So first off, what is it? What do we mean by that? Always good to start with a bit of a definition, isn't it? So make sure we know what we're talking about. So worship, to me, in my understanding of this, worship is essentially about our response to God, to who God is and to what he's done. And it can take many forms. Romans 12 suggests that the whole of life should be offered to God as worship that response to God's overwhelming grace. But the essence of worship is that it's something that we do, it's something that we bring to God, something that we offer to God. And so corporate worship is the stuff that we do when we meet together, which enables that response to happen. It's a kind of, it's a shared activity which can become a shared experience. It's a communal thing. And so we could say, Corporate worship is a communal response to God. So in most churches, worship tends to be focused around music and singing, uh, but it could include prayers, liturgy, uh, silence, symbolic actions, anything really which enables us to offer our response to God, anything which takes our attention off of ourselves in a sense and causes us to lift our eyes to God. And so worship can take many forms. But it's what we do together in order to bring that response to God for who he is and for what he's done. Okay, but why do we need to talk about it? We might think, well, yeah, okay, that's fine. We kind of know about worship and it's something that we do. Why do we need to talk about it? A few, Joe mentioned our community forums and uh, a few months back now we did a little survey as part of a community forum asking you guys, what are the issues that you think we need to talk about? And there are all sorts of things that, that came up in, in that discussion. 
uh, some really big, important issues. Uh, and you might be thinking, well, why aren't we talking about that stuff then? Why are we talking about corporate worship this morning? Well, we're looking at this in the context of thinking about progressive Christianity. One of the little sort of subtopics, if you like, that we've been covering over these past few weeks is just to think about what it means to be a progressive Christian, what it means to have a progressive theology. And so we're looking at this subject of worship in that context. Uh, And I think probably for many people who are asking those big questions about what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to be in community with others who are trying to do the same, for many people in that position, I think worship, and especially singing perhaps, is one of those things which is open to question. I get that kind of sense that a lot of people are thinking, well, where does this fit? Is this just part of the old way of doing things that we want to move on for, from? And it doesn't help, I don't think, that a lot of the songs that we're singing and the, and the prayers and the liturgies that we might use often reflect a theology that we may feel that we've moved on from. So we're, we're being asked to say or sing words that we're not sure that we believe anymore or, that, or we're not sure we even understand anymore. So that creates a bit of a tension and a bit of an issue. So there's this broader question, I think, which is just around, it's kind of in the atmosphere, uh, which is about a question which is being asked by increasing numbers of people who are just trying to figure out what what worship and, and church even, what it looks like, where does it fit in this journey of following Jesus. So... We need to reflect that, I think, and and to engage with that. But it's also, I think, a specific question for us here at Oasis. Because if we're honest, I think we're struggling to make it happen in a way that we would like to. Now, it's always the case, you know, not always, but sometimes the case, isn't it, you you kind of have something prepared. Felt to me, stood at the front, this morning was different, uh, that it felt like we were kind of there and engaging, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it can feel like it's a bit of a struggle. Sung worship, particularly, requires uh, confident musicians and singers and a congregation that's ready to go for it and get stuck in. Um, uh, we've never been a congregation that has swung from the chandeliers here at uh, Hayhill. We're a fairly reserved bunch. But it does feel like, since COVID particularly, that this has been a particular challenge for us. It does feel as if our, our kind of corporate worship hasn't really got going. Um, and, and that's no criticism of anyone that's involved. I want to make that absolutely really grateful to Lee and the team who are working really hard to try and help us in trying to make stuff happen. But I think there have been uh, occasions where it has been a struggle. I just think that we're not sure what we're doing or why we're doing it. And I think that's part of, the, part of what's going on. And so we need to have the conversation. We need to have an honest, honest conversation, I think, around this whole area of corporate worship. And so this morning, I guess, is just my brief contribution to that conversation. But it's not meant to be uh, more than that. Uh, it's, it's a contribution to a conversation rather than a diktat about how things should be. So the first thing I want to say is that, blank slide, uh, corporate worship, maybe that's symbolic of something, I don't know. Corporate worship is not the be-all and end-all, okay? Um, I think we know this, don't we? But it's worth spelling out again. Uh, Singing songs with other people in a church building is not the only way that we can worship God. Uh, And for some of us, it's what works best. Uh, But for others, the opposite is true. 
And I think when we're thinking about this issue of worship and, and corporate worship and uh, this communal response that we're offering together, I think it's really important to be aware and to be mindful of the different forms and different kinds of spiritualities that there are, different ways in which we express our faith and connect to God, different ways in which we offer worship. So if I was to do a survey this morning and uh, ask the question, what matters most to you when, we come, when it comes to Sunday gatherings? If I was to ask you that question, what matters most to you when we gather together on a Sunday morning? Some of you might say, a good talk. I want to hear something that's going to make me think, some new ideas perhaps, something I can discuss with others. Uh, when we're singing songs or having prayers, I'm interested in the words and what's being said because that gets, that gets me going. That helps me to connect to God. Some of us might say, well, no, it's kind of more, it's a little bit less easy to define. It's more about an experience, a sense of encountering God whether that's through songs and music, whether it's through silence, through images, whatever it is, but that sort of sense of an experience. We've experienced something. If you like, the first is about our head. The second is about our hearts. That kind of more emotional response, if you like. That's what works for me, and that's where music and singing often plays a key role. Others might say, well, to be honest, the most important thing for me is meeting other people. That's how I encounter God. I don't really care that much about what the content of the service is. This is a framework. This is an opportunity for me to meet others and to have that sense of connection, which is my way of relating to God and connecting to God. That's how I meet with God. And some of you, I suspect, may not be, or may be a little bit unsure as to how to answer the question, because quite frankly, sitting in a service is a bit of an ordeal. Because actually you want to be out there doing stuff. You're an activist. You want to get on with stuff. You don't really want to be sitting passively in a building for an hour. So the whole thing is perhaps a little difficult. And, and I think Steve Chalk has made the point that a lot of those people end up not being in church because it is an ordeal. Um, and so if, if that's you, then thank you for sticking with it and, and being here and being part of what we're about. But it's important that we recognise that. So when we're talking about corporate worship, and particularly, I think, when we're talking about singing and music, we need to recognise that it doesn't work for everybody. And in fact, it may even be counterproductive for some people. And it's not, of course, to say that any of those spiritualities is superior to any of the others. It's not to say that, well, this is the way it should be. It's just to recognise that there is that diversity, that we're a diverse community. We have these different ways in which we connect with God. And of course, also, they're not watertight categories. You might think, um, depending on where you are on the Enneagram, this may be even more of a thing for you. You might think, yeah, but I, I don't want to just say I'm that. I want to be a bit of that and a bit. They're not watertight categories. But broadly speaking, I think it's helpful just to, to kind of give us a way of understanding what we're about and, and some of the challenges and some of the reasons as well why some of the things that we do on a Sunday morning don't, don't work for you or don't work for people you know doesn't mean you're any less spiritual than anybody else. So corporate worship is not the be-all and end-all, but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter, because I believe it does. So we know, again, don't we, that we don't need to be sat in a church building on a Sunday morning to worship God, and even if music and singing is the thing that's important for you, we can listen to CDs, we can watch stuff online, we can watch talks by some of the best preachers in the world. You don't need to just listen to me, you can find the best 
of the best of the best out there and, and listen to them for hours. So it's all there. Yeah, go and get online now if you want to. It's fine. We can read books. We can do all this stuff. We can do all this stuff in the privacy of our own homes or perhaps with one or two others, but do we? Do we actually do it? Do we get round to it? And I think there's something important about being intentional in our worship of God. And it seems to me that the heart of worship is this principle of sacrifice. We might think that sacrifice is an Old Testament concept that is done away with. And, and in terms of the sacrifices that were needed to be offered on a regular basis, then yes. But the New Testament takes the principle of sacrifice and amplifies it and says, well, actually, the whole of life is a sacrifice. The whole of life is an offering. And so this principle of sacrifice, this principle of giving something, which at some level has cost us something, is at the heart of what worship is about. And that's why we can never reduce it down to an experience. We can never measure it by ultimately by, by how it feels and, and what we've got out of it, because that's not what it's about. It's an offering that we make, and there's some element of sacrifice in it. And that's not a fashionable idea, is it? In our me-centered, self-absorbed culture, it's not fashionable to talk about sacrifice. But if our worship of God is too much on our terms, too easy, too comfortable, too safe, then I think we've lost something. Or at least there's a danger that we've lost something. So I realise, of course, that I'm now heading towards old fogeydom. I, I may even be there in some of your judgment. That's fine. Uh, but it does seem to me that, that we do need these fixed points, these markers, these dates in the diary, which say, I'm going to be there and I'm going to do this and I'm going to bring my offering and I'm going to make this commitment. It's that week by week thing, whether we feel like it or not. And I realise that might sound like that's from a previous era, but I think there is something that we need to hold on to. There is always this tension, isn't there, between what works for us, but also this principle of sacrifice. And we need to hold both of those things in tension together. We go too far one way or the other, and we either end up with something which is destructive because it's just unhelpful, or we end up with something which is just about me doing what I want to do, and we've lost something in that. So somehow we need to hold these two things together. So I think there's something about that for us individually, that we need those fixed points, those, those ways in which, in a sense, we're accountable to each other for bringing up that offering of worship to God. But I think there are deeper reasons as well why this matters, which uh, really relate to the question of why church matters, um, why, why being in community with others as we follow Jesus is important. And... Uh, one of the arguments that's often raised against singing in church is that it's a weird thing to do because <laughs> it doesn't happen anywhere else. Um, and to a point, I would agree with that. You know, we're, those of us who are Brits, we're, we're kind of fairly reserved, aren't we, as a culture. Singing isn't really part of our culture in the same way that it would be in other parts of the world. And, and we're generally a fairly reserved uh, society. So, yeah, there's a sense in which it's a bit odd, but there are still plenty of places, aren't there, where singing and music are really important, where people gather together and sing together, maybe sometimes with the help of a little bit of alcohol to overcome the reserve, but it happens, and it happens actually in a lot of places. Sports occasions is the, the obvious one, but also 
it's fascinating to me, just over recent years, the proliferation of music festivals. So it feels like during the summer months, every day of the week, you could be at a music festival somewhere, whether it's a massive uh, you know, corporate thing of Glastonbury or whether it's a little festival in a field down somewhere in Devon. You know, it's, it's happening all over the place. And, and if you, what's that about? I think there are a couple of things that are being expressed there. And I think there's something there about identity and there's something about community which are being expressed in those occasions, whether we think about the kind of the sporting thing or, or the festivals. And I think identity is something that's expressed particularly in a, at a sporting occasion when people sing their songs. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you analyse too closely the language of a song sung at a Premier League football match. Some of them are very witty, uh, but a lot of them are quite aggressive and hostile. So, uh, but they're all about expressing identity, aren't they? They're all about the, the, those who are singing, saying, this is who we are. And quite often it's, this is who we are, and we're not them over there. Um, woe betide anyone who thinks we are. But it's about expressing identity, isn't it? This is who we are. And if you watch footage of, of uh, a festival, somewhere like Glastonbury, uh, you often see people with their eyes closed, their hands in the air, singing along. It looks like new wine or spring harvest, doesn't it? <laughs> but they're singing a song by Elbow or Coldplay or whatever it is. Um, so what's that about? Well, maybe it's about the song. Maybe it's about the words meaning something. But I think there's probably something there about community as well. There's something there about shared experience, which just kind of liberates something in people. So I think these two things about identity and community are really important. And they speak, I think, to the importance of corporate worship, of why it matters to us and why it should matter to us. And, um, and Joe has sort of referred to this earlier, that um, you know, over the past couple of years, we've been really grateful, haven't we, for all the ways in which we can meet online and the, the benefit of the internet. I, you know, if, if COVID had happened 30 years ago without the internet, it feels like it would have been so, so much more difficult in so many ways. And so, you know, we can be grateful for that, can't we? But I think it's also shown us, you know, most of us have been itching as, as the thing has kind of dragged on, we've been itching just to get together with people, haven't we? To see people, to meet people face to face, to have those connections, that interaction with others. And, uh, you know, one of the great benefits of the last two years for us as a, as a church here is that we've kind of, there's been a, a sort of an online community that's formed and it's fantastic to have guys watching online. And so for those of you that are, we hope that you really do feel part of what we're doing. We're, want to work, try really hard to make sure that you do because we, we value you guys as well. But could the church exist really in any meaningful way without that regular meeting together? It did feel like so much was on hold during COVID, wasn't it? And not just because there were things that we couldn't do, but it was just because we couldn't be together. And so it felt like we were all waiting for things to start again. So there's something, isn't there, about being together and we can meet together in all sorts of ways, and over the summer we're going to be exploring some different ways of, of being in community together, different ways in which we can do that. But, but we are a Christian community. We're seeking to follow Jesus together. And that's our identity, and it's in our meeting together, primarily, I think, that that identity is, is shaped and it's reinforced for us, which I think is why corporate worship matters so deeply, because it... It puts us in our, in our place, 
It reminds us of who we are and, and why we are. It establishes and reinforces that sense of identity for us as a Christian community. When we gather in, in worship, when we bring our worship, our offering of worship to God together, we're declaring the truth about who we are. We're, we're declaring the truth about God's goodness and his love for us, his grace towards us. We bring that rich diversity of who we are to God as an offering. Not because he needs to receive it, but because we need to give it. And so I think corporate worship is, is hugely important for us because it's all about who we are as a community. And I think if that slips off the agenda because it's just too difficult or doesn't quite fit or we've decided that we're going to move on from that, then we're in danger of losing something fundamental about who we are as a community. So corporate worship, I think, matters hugely. It matters for us individually. It matters for us as a community. And that means that there are some challenges for us to grapple with uh, rather to, than to shirk away from. So looking forward, making a joyful noise. I love this phrase because I think it just kind of, it's, it's such an inclusive phrase because anyone can make a noise. <laughs> some of us can sing. Well, some of you can sing. Um, <laughs> but we can all make a joyful noise. Um, and singing isn't the only or even the most important thing that we do in worship, but it's still a powerful means of expressing, because it, at its best, it brings together head and heart, doesn't it? Good words and good music touch our hearts, they touch our heads, they draw us in and bring us into that place where we're, we're expressing the truth about who we are and we're offering something to God. And so the reality is that we could do with some more musicians. So... If you're a musician, talk to Lee. Uh, if you're not, pray. It would be great just to have some more musicians, some more people uh, that, can, that can engage and to help us in that way. And, uh, you know, we, we, we're so gracious here. So you don't have to be great. You just have to be keen, really. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've played in the worship band here before, so, you know, it's, it's really open to anyone. Um, no, that makes it sound desperate, doesn't it? <laughs> There are some limits, uh, but you know what I mean. If that's something that you feel that you just, you just want to give something in that area, then, then talk to Lee. We also need to find good, singable songs that reflect our theology as well. As I said, I think one of the challenges for us is that we often maybe find ourselves questioning the things that we're singing and thinking, do I really think that? Do I, do I believe that? Is, how does that work now? So we need to find those songs which reflect that progressive theology. Um, and in the meantime, we have to make do with what we've got. Um, and if we're going to continue doing it, uh, we all need to give it our best shot, which is where the joyful noise thing comes. So um, if we're going to do it, then let's do it as best we can. And that's everybody. That's not just the people at the front. It's not just the people who feel that they can see. It's all of us, isn't it? So if we're going to do it, let's do it. Let's, let's try and make it the best we can. And let's, let's kind of embrace the joyful noise thing. Yeah, let's, let's just go for that. Um, and uh, we know that the guys at the front here will be making a very tuneful and harmonious noise, but the rest of us, we give what we can. So making a joyful noise authentically. That's what we're aiming for, I think. Um, but we also need to develop other forms of worship as well. We need to be able to 
uh, on those times when, not just because we don't have musicians, but also actually when we say, well, corporate worship is more than just singing and music, so we want to try and reflect that in what we do. So we need to develop that. We need to, it's hard work. It's hard coming up with stuff, basically, without just feeling that you're filling time. So I think Lee's going to be holding a meeting later this month, yeah, um, which is an open meeting for anyone that just wants to be involved. You don't have to be a musician, I don't think, to be part of that. It's really just to have continue this conversation. So do get involved if you can. Um, we need to respect and to recognise that diversity of spirituality, to understand that, uh, that music and singing doesn't work for anybody, everybody, and in the same way, silence for some of us is an absolute killer. We hate it, whereas for others, others of us are longing for it. Just, just that understanding of who we are, that diversity. Um, and we need to keep the conversation going. We need to keep talking and keep kind of uh, working on this together because it, it really is all about just being the best, isn't it? Doing the best that we can, being the best that we can be, making sure that if whatever we offer, whether it's silence, whether it's liturgy, whether it's um, songs and music, whatever it is, let's make it the best that it can be because... That's the least we can do, isn't it, for a God who loves us so much and has poured his grace into our lives. So whatever it is that we're doing, whether we're singing songs, sharing communion, chatting over coffee, or tidying up the building ready for people that are going to use it in the week, let's just give our best, because that's what worship is, isn't it? Shall we pray? Father, we just uh, want to acknowledge again who you are, Lord, that worship isn't something that we're trying to dredge up from inside ourselves, something that we're trying to persuade ourselves is worthwhile. Lord, it's about our response to you. It's about a response to your amazing love and grace for us. It's about children with a loving parent. It's about walking with a close friend. It's all those different ways in which we might think of you, Father. But, Lord, help us to give our best, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, whether it's something that we kind of naturally think we're excited about or whether it's something that maybe doesn't quite work for us. But whatever it is, Lord, whenever we gather together, whatever it is that we're doing, help us all to give our best, to make it work as best it can. And, Lord, we know that Actually, we just need to give you a little and you can multiply that. You can make it into something far more beautiful than we ever imagined. Help us to bring our mustard seed, our little grain, our little offering, and to give it to you so that you can make it into something wonderful. So help us as we continue to talk about this and to work this through to, to figure out what it is uh, you're saying to us and, and where it is that we go. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have to do this. Help us to, to kind of go forward with confidence and, and in hope. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.